Is it too late to start a YouTube channel? This week, I'm interviewing Kelsey Brandon, otherwise known as Premier Gal on YouTube. We talk about how she started with zero subscribers just like everyone else, but now has a large audience online that she teaches how to use some of the Adobe Creative Suite products. The secret to her success? Spoiler alert, it is not overnight and it involves meaningful content. The Morning Impact is brought to you by Bear City Impact. Do you need help creating content for your business? Let's go ahead and give your content a kick in the butt. Visit bearcityimpact.com slash content to learn more. Grab your favorite drink and enjoy this week's episode. Cheers. All right. Hey, so uh, everyone, we are live right now. This is now episode 35 of the Morning Impact. And uh, I believe this is now our fourth virtual interview that we're doing. Uh, so in a couple of weeks, we'll probably go back to inviting some local people in. But um, I think the response has been really good with the virtual interview. So I actually plan to do this maybe like once a month and then just uh, a few times a week, uh, a few times a month, have a local person back into the studio. And um, so if you have any ideas or if you want to be a guest, uh, just reach out. I've had some people reach out, and so that's how I've been able to get some people on. So I think this is fantastic. But uh, without further ado, today I have uh, Kelsey Brannon, and I'm going to put her screen on in a moment. Am I pronouncing that correct, by the way? Yes. Kelsey Brannon. Um it's actually funny. I, so obviously, I mean, I know you as Premier Gal, um, but when I was scheduling this, I was like, "Oh, that's right. Her name is Kelsey. That's right." Like it just—it's like I just <laughs> refer to you as your stage name, you know. Um, so, um, so yeah. So let me put uh, Kelsey Premier Gal on. So there we are. So now we have our split view there. Um, so I'll give a brief intro, but then I'll kind of just let you just kind of introduce yourself a little more. Sure. Uh, so, uh, so Kelsey has a YouTube channel called Premier Gal, where she teaches you uh, Adobe, uh, a few of the Adobe creative apps, such as Adobe Premiere Pro for video editing, Audition for uh, sound editing, and as well as Photoshop, which is probably the most common Adobe product out there. Um, you know, it's kind of like the word popsicle. Everybody just knows what Photoshop is. Um, but has some really neat uh, kind of perspectives on these here. So, um, but the way I understand it, you also have a, your own media company where I, I actually, I, I only knew a little bit about what you did, but I didn't realize that you still produced media. So um, why don't I just kind of turn it over to you and I'll just kind of let you tell people what it is you do so I don't mess it up. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I mean, you, you covered the introduction pretty much. Uh, actually, one thing, though, when you said the media company, well, my the name of my company is Gal Media LLC, and I incorporated that as the company that runs Premier Gal. So I actually don't do much freelance work anymore. Got it. Um, pretty much all of the stuff, all the tutorials that I do on the YouTube channel, and any uh, templates that I make. pretty much just me and my project manager. Um, if I am a little bit delayed, it's because the screen is frozen. So I don't know if you're frozen or I'm oh, frozen right now. You know what? Keep talking. You know, th that was actually uh, me. It switched the Wi-Fi network in here to the 5G one. Um, 
like automatically. Oh, okay. So th I, I apologize for uh, interrupting that. Oh, no, it's totally fine. We, we so, yeah, I mean, I, I started the YouTube channel just out of pure uh, curiosity and excitement over just geeking out all of the cool, cool new technology. And it was an outlet for me at the time to... Uh, continuously learn and grow and I had no idea that it would actually turn into my job I just hmm. kept going there were a lot of things in life and I'm sure you probably relate to this too and many people because everybody has little projects or ambitions that they start and then it just mm. kind of ends and I had that I've had projects where it just kind of stopped and that's okay um, and this one I just kept going and I was like well let's see if I can keep it going and um, prior to starting I was a full-time video editor and producer um, for you know another company so I was lucky to have a job when I started the YouTube channel to kind of grow it on the side and then in 2017 I made that leap of faith to just say like I'm gonna do it and so ever since I've just been doing it and still rocking it every week and doing a lot of sponsored integrated ads in my YouTube channel, exploring new technology. So it's, it's all fun and good. Yeah. So actually uh, let's talk about that for a little bit. Uh, so you said in 2017, you kind of quit your job, went full time on, uh, you know, creating YouTube content. Um, do you remember about when it was in like the beginning, middle end of 2017? It was September of 2017. Okay. Yeah. So I, you know, that was probably, just shy of probably like I well I guess two and a half years ago now and how long uh do you remember how long ago you first started doing your like your first tutorial on YouTube like was it 2015 2016 it was August it was August 2016 okay all right yeah so I mean I, I guess yeah it was about a year then I guess you needed to really kind yeah. of build up enough of a following to um mm -hmm. you know be able to support yourself that way so how did, um, you know, I know you, I, I do remember in a, a video that I had seen in the past that you had put out that you were referencing your uh, previous video editing job that you had secularly. How did they kind of take, you know, the fact of like, I mean, did they have like a bunch of other video editors anyways, or, you know, was it kind of like a big deal that you left? Um, it, it was a small team. We were just a small digital comms team and there was just one other video producer on this team. So it was not really a huge deal because I mean, I hate to say it, but like it's replaceable. You know what I mean? There's thousands of people looking for a job like that. So it's a it wasn't skill. a huge but, you know, it's like it was the time like a bunch of people had recently left and there was turnover and new employees and a lot of my friends had left that I was working with. And it just felt like the right time because like I feel like I would have only stayed if I the people I work around me, mm. I just feel like positive energy. And it's not that I didn't necessarily feel that too much. I just felt like all of this passion towards Gal. And I was like. I don't want to be here at work when I'm thinking about the stuff that I have to do at night. Right. Um, and so that's when I knew that if I knew that I had five to 10 things I should be doing, but I couldn't be doing, I was like, that that's a sign that it's time to, to move on. Sure. Um, yeah. So, so actually, so curious, so without getting into specifics, I'm just thinking about, uh, you know, cause it, it, and just the preface where I'm kind of leading with this question, uh, there's so many people right now that want to, um, you know, become a full-time content creator in some sort of capacity, but that's kind of what they want to do for a living or to, you know, support themselves. 
and even so literally even more right now, you know, during a stay at home and quarantine thing that's kind of happening worldwide. Uh, it's a little bit easier for people to kind of now, okay, now this is kind of the jump off time, but, um, but honestly yeah. it takes, you know, that's like a, a year progression for you, but for some people it can be several years. It can be shorter for other people. About mm-hmm. what subscriber count did you feel like you were at back in that 2017 era where you're like, okay, this is a large enough of a online audience that I have where I can then use that to leverage either, advertising or sponsorships and these other things where I can kind of support myself doing it. Yeah. I mean, I never like to say I'm not a huge person saying, Oh, you got to get to this X amount number of subscribers. Like I don't think the numbers matter that much in that regard, like counting them and like obsessing over it, but they are important in the sense when you do get deals and you have enough enough of an engaged audience. So what really matters is your engaged audience, right? So you may have 100,000 subscribers, but just 1% of them are engaging. So um, I think at the time I had, I gosh, I really don't remember, but I'm just making a ballpark figure. I think it was like 15,000 subscribers, or it might've been 20. I can't remember. But it wasn't like, I remember feeling a little bit scared because it's like you know youtube is kind of a gamble in the yeah. sense that sometimes you're you're putting up videos and you don't know what sort of engagement it's going to get and you could be super passionate about the topic um, but the truth is is if you keep sharing what you're passionate about people will see that passion and they will share that passion with you and over time people will grow mm-hmm. and um, i was talking with uh, tim schmoyer who runs a youtube channel called uh video creators and he was like, as long as when you're building a YouTube community, as long as you convey your values and you connect that value to your audience, that's how you really grow. Because you're not just putting out content, you're, it has a message. And whether that message is just me being like, anybody can create, you can do it. Like, that's enough of a message. It doesn't have to be like a deeper right. message. Like, you don't have to overthink it. It just has to be this idea that I think, I believe in free education. I believe that if people are going to do the work, they'll do the work anyway. And even if a free resource is available, it doesn't mean they're actually going to do anything with it. Right. Um, so my goal for the channel for me is just to be like, I want to always learn. And I hope that I can share that and just hope it helps a few other people. And if, if that happens at the end of the day, then my job is done. Awesome. Yeah. I think that's, um, you know, I was just thinking back to the, to the subscriber count. And again, you know, you made a perfect point that the, the number of subscribers isn't as important as the engaged subscribers. Um, but I think if you were to tell someone that you were able to kind of do this, and again, also, I think the other perspective side of things is uh, what do you consider uh, – now, I'm not asking you to think of this hypothetically, but, you know, what does a person consider to be enough to be able to support themselves, right? I mean, obviously, it's based on your lifestyle and, and that kind of stuff. So, um, I mean, certainly, I guess my point is if you had – Five million subscribers right now. You could probably command a different kind of sponsorship with someone than when you had 15,000 oh. subscribers. But I yeah. think even then, at fifteen thousand subscribers, that's not like if someone was trying to set a goal. I guess here's my point: if someone was trying to set a goal, I don't think twenty thousand subscribers is that lofty of a goal. You know, if someone was like, "I want to get to a hundred thousand in my first year," that's 
pretty ambitious, you know, but if someone yeah. you know, wanted to get a Some few people thousand, have done it though. It's it's true. Yeah. Um Yeah. You know what I find amazing is there's sponsorships at basically every level if you um make yourself found. And so here's what I mean by that. Um so yeah. I have my own YouTube channel. I think right now I have 170 subscribers. It, it is by far not my uh like uh bread and butter of my revenue stream at all. I don't really ever intend it on, on um, making it like my career thing. I do local video content and uh, web design mm -hmm. and, and social content for people locally. That, and it's actually interesting. I had this conversation with someone. Um, I actually really thrive in the longer meetings of one-to-one -one relationships. So, I mean, I could be a web designer and only deal with virtual clients. I hate it. Um, I hate dealing with people only virtually. And so... Um, I like that longer process of interacting with someone one-on-one. -on -one. But so you're probably way. really loving coronavirus then. Oh my God, <laughs> it, it's 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 so bad. Yeah, it's uh you know where they talk about like introverted people are like kind of born for this. Like this is driving me nuts. Not be able to meet regularly with people. Um, it's interesting. But North yeah, because I feel like oh, go ahead, sorry. I feel like a lot of I feel like a lot of my interactions, like most of my business since I've started YouTube with my clients and people I'm working with, whether it's a review on the channel or long term relationships with a lot of um, I don't know software companies that I've worked with. All of our meetings have been virtual, like because I work with people all mm -hmm. over the world, so nothing has really changed for me, and I actually prefer it. Like, it's not that I don't like meeting in person with clients. It's more like, I think I just got used to it. Mm -hmm. And then it was still efficient for me. So right. if I could save time and not have to meet in person, like it just made sense. Sure. Absolutely. No, I, I yeah, I completely get it. I, um, I'm just, I thrive in that. It just for me personally, just, it's just the way I tick. Yeah. It's just the way I tick. Um, which I think is actually why I have a little bit of trouble with making YouTube content. I, I've discovered that a little bit is that because mm, I'm only talking to a camera, I'm not talking to someone. It's not that I'm not camera shy at all. You know, I'm not a shy person by any means. I'm super extroverted, super a type, but I, I just, it, when I'm just talking, to I think that's wall, why then I think that's why then, because a lot of YouTubers are introverted. So if you're an extroverted person, it feels more weird to talk to a camera definitely. probably. Actually, you know what? I just realized this. This was like a super self-realizing moment. Um, so, <laughs> so going back to like my my channel for a moment, of like 170 subscribers. Uh, back one year ago, actually, so last May, I only had maybe 20, right? So it hasn't grown crazy in a year. But last May, I put out a video on basically how to upload an Instagram video widescreen for IGTV because previously it was only vertical mm -hmm. and then they had released the update and no one could figure yeah. out how to upload it and make it widescreen. Like I was going nuts and I finally figured it out. And so I was so excited. I made that, I started making that video that day and then my office roommate, Dave, who's my camera operator, he walked in and I'm like, oh, I'm like, all right, well, I'm like, I'm kind of recording. I don't want to like interrupt him. But then we started playing off each other, and then he was kind of like there, and it was like he was just working. It was like a little weird at first that I was recording this thing. But then it actually became more comfortable because I was kind of like talking with someone else in the room. I don't yeah. know if it's because of that delivery or in addition to the topic, but that's by far been the most viewed video. So I think it has like over 40,000 views, which kind of boggles my mind that it's still getting yeah. found like today. 
But the delivery of it was a lot more natural in that video than any other video that I've done. And I think just realizing it now in this moment yeah. is because someone else was there. Yeah, it can make a huge impact the, how comfortable you are. And if you're just talking like you're talking to your friend, right? Mm -hmm. It can make a huge impact because ultimately people will watch you if, for one, if you're giving good information and you're getting to the point fast, but also if they like your delivery, they like your personality. So it can definitely make an impact for yeah. sure. Absolutely. Um, the, the other one thing I want meant to say with the uh, sponsorships and the small, because I don't want this to be all about mm -hmm. sponsorships, but um, yeah, it, it was interesting. I think I had like maybe like 30 or 40 subscribers at the time, like a year ago. And then I had an audio. Are you familiar with Comica Audio by chance? Yeah, I yeah. use their lavalier. Yeah, um, actually, I, th I think that they have, you know, they kind of make a budget audio product, uh, but I think they're great. But th they've sent me like two different uh, wireless lab systems. Uh, to review for them, and I just thought I was. It just, when, when they reached out to me, I'm just like, are, "Are you sure you're reaching the, you know, the right person here?" I mean, like, I don't have this huge, you know, video audience, you know, that you're probably looking for. But they've sent me this, and and like, and it's been a yeah. great product. I mean, I really, I really like using it. And I've, I've, I've had other customers of mine buy it that I teach them, um, you know, some of this video stuff. So I, I guess my point was, yeah, you know, the, the whole point to that was not, f to your point, was not focusing on I need X certain of people to make this and to kind of grow this. Certainly it helps, right? Some brands yeah. might be looking for like, okay, well, we kind of really need to know what your engagement's like, et cetera. Um, mm -hmm. But I mean, you could, you could just- You have to take baby things. steps. Mm -hmm. You know, like I, when I was first starting out, I was doing, you know, free reviews. I was just reaching out to companies saying, hey, like, can I review your product? Can you give me a license? I'd love to try it out and test it out. And um, eventually you build a relationship and trust with them too. So if you're starting a YouTube channel, like work with companies on the long term. And now I'm working with companies where we have year long contracts and do a mm -hmm. video every month. And it's in an agreement. And mm -hmm. I think it's really valuable to work with companies long term. And, and so if you're starting out, just ask first. I mean, the worst mm -hmm. thing it, that you would that they would probably say is like, oh, probably it's not in our marketing promotion sure. schedule this this quarter or something. That's normally what they would say just mm -hmm. to be nice. <laughs> um, but it's I think you just need to put yourself out there and try. And I think no matter how much you have, they'll be willing to give something for free for somebody who's earnest and excited to test a product. Yeah, actually, let's talk a little bit about um, some of the stuff that you've promoted because uh, I've purchased or downloaded uh, some of these things. Um, actually, the Instagram story that I previewed this with actually came from, I think it's called Mixkit. Is that what, or Mix It or Mixkit? Yes. Yeah. So I just downloaded I thought those were fantastic. Um, I've grabbed a whole bunch of those from Motion Array, but... They just, I don't know, the, the Instagram story one specifically just seem to not work very well or they're not very customizable, but I really like the mix kit ones. Um, probably my favorite that you had yeah. introduced uh, your audience, or I say me, but your audience to, was the Smashworks Animation Builder. I use that in probably almost every video I create now uh, for both myself or clients. I think it's, it's probably the... It's the most versatile animation builder I've I've ever ever used, um, and it was like a steal for fifty bucks. I think I think it's even like only seventy bucks right now, yeah. like at a, like a full price, you know. 
Yeah, they're and it's only going to get better too. I, I, the, they're a two-person team right now. I think they're growing, but they're based in San Diego. Really cool guys. They just reached out to me, and they're they're trying to turn it into a big company, a big kind of template animation company. And I think they're doing a great job. And um, yeah, I'm working with them regularly on different video and ant- integrations because they see value in my audience as getting exposure to their product, right? And all I am is the messenger, right? Like they're building the product, but I love to share these very cool products um, that they're making. And I think Animation Builder, it's improving more and more because the Premiere Pro Essential Graphics panel is improving more and more each release. So it's getting faster. And you guys watching this, Basic Animation Builder allows you to add in your own shapes, add in your own text, um, and create these cool little animations that otherwise would take a really long time in Premiere, mm-hmm. or you would have to use After Effects to achieve it. Um, and so, yeah, I did a couple of videos with them last year and have a few more videos this year as well. Yeah. I, I think uh, one of the neatest things I, I, I personally found with it is the custom anim- image animation builder. So the text first yeah. is, is great, but... Um, I basically, every time I get a new client uh, that I'm making video for, I just pop like three different versions of their logos and kind of like a dark, a white, and then kind of a yeah. version of it. And then I can just select from them and I can just do all sorts of fun animations with it. I recently did a video uh, uh, for an escape room. And so that actually required four logos. That was his main logo. Plus each of his rooms kind of has like a themed logo. And so, uh, so I was able to just put all of them into one moger and then just kind of animate each of so them. efficient it was super yeah efficient. so yeah. i'm they're gonna be so happy that you're that you love it really honestly I, actually it's funny that you mentioned that there's uh that there are two-person team because i will say the the one thing and i've reached out to them with this the one thing is that they are pretty slow to respond for support you know, it could take a couple of days, but that makes perfect sense though, that there are two person teams. I, I'm actually, I think so. I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure actually. So sorry, Smashworks, <laughs> if you're bigger and we're saying this, you just lost a video deal, you know? No, I'm just kidding. Um, but I, I'm actually much more sympathetic and patient, um, with people responding, you know, cause like even me, like I'm a, I'm a one person team, you know? So, you know, if I take a day mm-hmm. or two to get back to someone, it's like, I'm, I'm one person literally. Um, you know, so I, I feel like if they almost like highlighted the fact, like, you know, we're kind of s- just two scrappy individuals. Yeah. It's like, okay. Like, all right, I'll wait a couple of days. It's not urgent. Like, you know, there's nothing, you know, nothing needs to happen immediately kind of thing. Um, what, exactly. what's, what's been another, um, like, what's probably been your favorite, I guess, I don't know if you want to call it brand deal or just kind of favorite thing that you were maybe not even necessarily a brand deal, but what's been your favorite uh, almost, I guess, experience that you can remember that was basically a result of the work that you've put into doing this? Like you wouldn't have been able to do this if you didn't have a channel with, you know, this kind of a following. Um, I think the one time that I was super excited was when um, this company reached out to me. They were like the middleman representing Adobe. And they uh, invited to send me out and pay me and pay for travel to go to Amsterdam IBC to talk about the new updates in Premiere. Um, And literally all I had to do was like share a couple things on social media. And then they interviewed me and made a small video with me on camera. And it was like super cool. And it just Mm -hmm. made you feel good. Um, And 
And then I just did like a video on my YouTube channel where I featured um, Adobe Rush when it first came out, which yes. is the the mobile video editor that also works on the desktop. Yep. And that was just like a really fun moment. That was actually in 2018. That was in September 28th. So again, a year later after I made that leap of faith, you know, I, I was having Adobe send me out to Amsterdam. Like, I mean, it's just, it's just so cool to like see where it goes. Right. Um, but of course... When it comes to just like general videos on the YouTube channel, actually a video that I'm doing this week, um, it's with a new tool that's coming out that's still in a closed beta and it's called Cinematch. And the company is, uh, well, it's by the same team that made Film Convert. And they're just really cool guys. And they're based in New Zealand. And basically this tool allows you to turn any camera into another camera. So if I shoot with a Canon, and I want to give it the color science of a red camera. You can huh. transform it in Premiere Pro. And I don't know. It's just so cool to experiment with it and learn so much from them. And I love working with clients that give me complete creative freedom. Mm -hmm. So when I was editing, I was having a lot of fun because I knew I didn't feel like that tension. Like, oh, they're going to like have an edit here or something. It's just it just is like bliss when you're editing, when you're yeah. working with a good client. Yeah, I, I will say, actually, you have some... Uh... I think it's probably one of the reasons why I like your channel is that they're, you know, okay. So I, I guess the preface, what I'm saying here is there's like, it's so saturated with the like repetitive information. It's like how to grow to a thousand YouTube subscribers. And it's like, it's like the exact same canned script of you need to put out, you know, lots of great content, like duh, you know, it's, so it's just, there's so much <laughs> just repetitive information it's like uh it's like you know like the woodworking community it's like oh my god the amount of woodworking channels on how to make like a simple you know drawer is just it's just there's way too much of the same stuff you know and so i i love the unique kind of things like the the hair tutorial you did with photoshop i've used it. i'm like oh my god like that's that's perfect like getting rid of like you know yeah. lines in the hair is so difficult um i never tried it but like i love the one um you did with the 360 video that like, that was just super like innovative and neat um the effect didn't turn out as expected but again an I experiment yeah yeah it's experimenting yeah you know or even the stop motion stuff um what, i love stop motion what's been your favorite um what's been the favorite video that you've kind of made whether it was for a brand or not just kind of the the one that you had the most fun with even if it wasn't successful um I mean, now that you bring up the stop motion, I really liked the stop motion I did with the Joby Gorilla Pod. It was a lot of fun to feature. I mean, it was also a sponsored video, but it was also an experiment as well. Can I even make a good stop motion animation? Mm. Um, and this was a release of the new Joby 3K where it has the arms that are like connected yes. to the body and they have these lights. So I played around like if this was a living object, what, how would it move and how would it react? And also it was nice outside in film and not like a studio and all of the videos that are my favorite memories are um, outside. Oh, and this makes me think of the one that I actually really like, the dolly zoom effect. So this one is a common uh, effect that's used in Hollywood films when like tension is happening. Mm -hmm. and so it looks like the background is staying the same. And I did a whole tutorial on how to do that effect and showed examples. Um, and again, it was just interesting because I didn't know how it was done. And so I got to learn 
myself and I got to explain it. So it was mm. pretty cool. I, so this is going to be really hard to do, but let, let me, let me, um, I, I was hoping to get this sent over my computer, but I wasn't able to. Oh, so that, ah, actually this probably is better right here. So this is the first stop animation I ever did. It was with, uh, I had just got my camera. This was actually like five years ago. If you can kind of see it there. Yeah, it's I can like, see it. Like TikTok, a, a little, a little Legos. Um, and so I, I print up this like little construction background picture just to, you know, just to have kind of like some <laughs> sort of depth there. Uh, it took me, uh, so, so that had taken me. I think it was like I remember it was like an hour and a half, two hours of clicking. If you actually, if you were to watch the last twenty seconds of that one minute clip. Um, all of the animation starts speeding up because I was getting so tired of doing like the tiniest movements. And I was like, that's it. I'm going to start making larger kind of jumps there. Um, the editing actually didn't take too long because it was, I used iMovie. It doesn't at the take time. long. No, I used iMovie at the time just to shorten the clips up and remove the spaces. Um, but it was the shooting was like almost two hours. And I'm like, uh, it was actually the only stop animation I ever did, but it was really fun. So, yeah, to the point was the experimenting and just kind of playing around stuff. It was really interesting to like, Hey, this actually isn't that hard. It's just a lot of time. It's just a lot of time involved. But the yeah. but the technical skill of it is actually pretty easy. I think there's even stop animation apps for your phone where you could just kind of, you know, just keep tapping a shot and then it clips it together for you. I'm almost certain of it. Um yeah. In Premiere Pro, you can import all of the photos as an image sequence, and then you can oh. right-click on the image sequence, and you can change the frame rate, um, which will change the duration of it. Oh. Um, so it's really easy. Like, literally, for the Joby stop motion, I think I was doing that animation probably about for an hour and a half maybe and then doing the editing to create it. Not the tutorial, but just the right. animation itself only took... 15 minutes maybe yeah, wow. just to import mm -hmm. so at the end of the day it it's probably the same amount of time as if you had to edit a whole video right. anyway that is kind of funny yeah that, that, that is interesting um what would you actually you were talking about rush and this brought up something about you know kind of beginner editing so yeah well first of all i imagine um and you may or may not have insight to this but do you feel as though most of your audience um is kind of like the beginner, like I'm a freelancer or not like a freelance video person, but I'm like, a, um, I'm just an entrepreneur trying to make videos or I own a small business, I'm trying to make videos. And so do you find that it's like they're kind of beginner status or do you feel like most of the people are somewhat savvy already with creating videos? Um, well, I think after watching a few of my videos, it will get kind of savvy. Um, but my hope is that I like to keep it as diverse as possible. But I think I did a poll once. And I think most of the people were like, you know, freelancers, people that are just googling stuff, learning on the fly. Sure. Um, and then beginners as well, because I pretty much cater to people that are just learning and the beauty of it is that there's always somebody that's just learning but Perfect. then again like there's also some pros that watch that say wow i didn't even know that this existed mm -hmm. so it's pretty diverse but i think the main percentage is people that are new and we're trying to brush up their skills perfect you know the reason i'm asking is um i've 
so the clients that I work with that are coming to me for help saying they're like, Hey, I like, I want to learn how to make, you know, kind of videos that I've seen you put out. Um, you know, some people are looking to make talking head videos or, and some others are looking to make kind of product showcase videos or kind of highlight their services or highlight, you know, whatever, but they kind of want to do it on their own, which is awesome. And, and so, you know, I like kind of aiding them and I'll get them set up with some basic equipment. I basically just tell them to just put their phone on a tripod and here's like a good wired mic, um, to just make it sound better and get stable footage. Right. But then when it comes to the editing side, I don't know. Maybe I just have a bad way of, of motivating and getting people to do it. But so many people are just so scared to just get into a program because they're not tech savvy at all. So I've I've recommended Rush to a few people. I think I've gotten two people to kind of adopt Rush and make videos on their own. What kind of recommendations do you have for people that are trying to like? I just want to put together ten clips. And I want to add a title and maybe some background music, like nothing crazy. Like I'm not trying to speed ramp stuff and color grade stuff. I just want to put 10 clips together, add titles and a music. Like wh- how do you get people to just start doing that? I guess is sort of my point. Yeah. I mean, if, if that's all they want to do and they know that they're not going to want to do more advanced stuff in the future, I mean, I would say there's lots of free apps. There's even one called a Prism Live Studio that allows you to go live from your phone, but it also has a pretty um, pretty cool uh, mobile editing app. There's also KineMaster, okay. which is for mobile video editing. I've done a couple of videos on their YouTube channel, and um, it's like landscape, so you can like edit landscape-wise, and it works pretty well, and you can export it, save the video file to your phone, and post it. Um, so if that's what you want to start with, it's pretty intuitive. It's easy to use. Um, but yeah, like I get some people that are like, for example, my uh, my brother-in-law here, he was doing some videos for his Facebook page because, you know, right now because of the, the coronavirus, he has a travel business company. So it's pretty much at a standstill right, right now. So he's trying to get innovative with making um videos so I, I lent him some equipment to use and he was shooting with his iphone i gave him some lighting and uh, a lavalier microphone to use and he was fine with that he shot it great i helped him set up the microphone but then when it came to editing he's like i really want to create like a really cool logo opener in the mm-hmm. beginning and like a lower third with my logo in it and i'm like well you're using iMovie you can't do that like mm-hmm. the, the titles the built-in titles there are not robust enough like maybe you should try final cut pro because he has a, a apple computer mm-hmm. but he didn't want to spend the money on it and i understood that right. um but i guess he didn't want to edit on his phone either so in that case it really comes up to experimenting with different software trying some trials for desktop um for example there's i think movavi has some editing software wondershare has some editing mm-hmm. software that you can trial um that are all desktop and if you prefer to work on a computer which i do i 100 percent prefer right. to work on a computer it's just easier for me at least um, i would recommend trying wondershare or uh, Filmora Pro is made by Wondershare. You might want to try that um, before you make that leap. But if you are a person that you feel like you want to do some some more of those advanced titles and effects, you know the market is saturated with Premiere Pro templates. Mm-hmm. So it's like right. you kind of want to go to Premiere Pro um, because of that. And you know Rush, I guess, is a gateway. 
a gateway drug to Premiere Pro. <laughs> so you can start you can start there because you know you can open Rush projects in Premiere Pro. Mm -hmm. So if you start with Rush, granted, you still have the subscription model, which right. some people don't like. Right. Um, so you have to you have to weigh the pros and cons. Maybe make a sheet, <laughs> make a sheet. Pros and cons. <laughs> Premiere Rush versus versus Kinemaster versus, you know, and and look at what you need. Sounds like a like, video topic. You need... <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I did a video actually. If you guys are watching, I did a video comparing Filmora Pro with Premiere Pro, and it's a lot cheaper. I think you pay seventy dollars once, hmm. and it's yours. But with Premiere Pro, you pay twenty nine. 99 i can't remember how much it is yeah. for the software Sp speaking of but, uh, so speaking of premiere rush being a gateway drug actually it's kind of funny because it's ten dollars a month so it's kind of like a dime bag it's like a dime bag uh you know yeah video editor um exactly what i actually what's interesting is so i've shown a few people premiere rush i've kind of given a quick tutorial on kind of getting started just doing the basic stuff i've tried making pre-recorded tutorials using rush and then doing it from my phone I don't. I think it's because I'm so used to Premiere Pro because that's what I use. It's actually hard for me to edit from my phone because it's like I'm looking. It's just a different workflow. But then yeah. I had other people that show me like this app that they use, and it's like they're just you know they just kind of fly through it because it just makes sense to them using an app on their phone. Where for me, like the first time I ever made a video ever was like 2010, and I started with iMovie. I just gotten my Mac my Mac Mini at the time. And I got it specifically because it um, had iMovie, and a friend of mine had used it one time, made a video. I'm like, oh, this is like super cool. You could do that on your own. And so, like, I just got this bug. Um, so I started using iMovie, and so I've always used the desktop video editor. So to use it from a phone is just it, it's it's yeah. completely another language for me. The one thing, the one that I found that probably my clients like the best and I found the easiest kind of for anyone to use is it's called Videorama. I'm not sure if you've heard of that one or not. Um, it sounds familiar. Yeah. So it's, it's based, it's just a very simple, you just, you can kind of like, I tell people just to take, you know, uh, a whole bunch of three second clips of something you're trying to do. Like, you know, just if you think of just basic cinema stuff, just do a wide angle me medium and kind of, a, and then zoom in for a tight, right? Just do a whole bunch of those clip them together and then you can easily add a title you can add your logo in there later uh it's pretty simple but it's a one-time fee of 18 bucks um you know you get it for life so i think it's the best value if someone doesn't like a subscription-based kind of thing um yeah. and i'm almost certain it's available across you know for both platforms so um but yeah i i've just i found that that's like the biggest struggle with people uh you know that want to make their own videos because we're such in the, like that's just what I found. Like, so many people want to make videos. Like, they're like, yes, I know video, you know, I should incorporate that to my marketing, but I also don't want to keep paying someone outsourcing to make every one of my videos. I want to do some of these on my own. But it's like, how do I do it beyond just the one take? And how do I just add some salt mm -hmm. and pepper to it, you know? Um, yeah. yeah, so I, I guess the, the kind of the culmination of all of that is, you don't necessarily have to use a desktop editing app. You know, you can kind of just figure out what mm -hmm. works for you. you can. It could just be a phone app. It could be your iPad. It could be a. Oh, let me. I thought I had my uh, my notifications off here. Um, you know, it could be a desktop app. It could be iPad. It could be your phone. But kind of whatever works for you, I guess. But I think people probably assume yeah. that you need to use a desktop video editing app, and so 
they're not tech savvy, so thinking of getting on the computer is like, oh, just I'll, I'll just forget it. <laughs> for sure. I think if you're recommending to people, it'd be good to do a couple background questions for them. Like, what, what like software had they used before? What do they feel most comfortable with? And if they haven't used a video software tool before, they might be actually better on the mobile phone or an iPad mm. because, you know, I started on a desktop editing, you know, in Final Cut 6 or 5 Studio when it was first coming out. And because of the way that software was built, I naturally moved to Premiere Pro because the UI and the user interface was so similar for me. Mm -hmm. But if you have no experience and you're used to like tapping and swiping on your phone, right. it might make sense for you um, to to try it out. But for me, it's just like you. It just doesn't work because I've been naturalized to right. work on the desktop. That makes a lot of sense. So, have you have you done any sort of uh, paid courses for anything by chance? Yes, I have. I, I did some full-length courses. I have a sound editing course on Pluralsight and an essential graphics course on Pluralsight. I did a whole sound recording course for this woman that runs this website called Everyday Films. Okay. And um, I feel like there was... Oh, I did some Rush courses for Adobe, but it's on the Adobe Learn page. Okay. So I did like an intro series and then uh, I did three more tutorials for them. Got and it. I'm actually working on a full course right now that um, I'm co-authoring, which should come out in the fall. Okay. Fingers crossed. <laughs> well, well maybe, maybe the one you're currently working on already has this kind of vibe to it or one of the others does, but this, I just gotten this idea and this might work for you because this is kind of in your lane. Um, when I bought my Mac back in 2010, uh, I knew one of the main reasons I wanted to, I was getting it was for video editing, but I had not done any video editing at that point. So I went to Borders Bookstore back in the, you know, 10 years. I say back mm -hmm. in the day. That, if you say back in the day, by the way, you're immediately old. <laughs> um, but uh, so, yeah, so I went to a Borders and I went to go look for like kind of a video editing for dummies kind of thing. And I ended up <laughs> finding this. Um, I forgot the name of it. It was, it was basically just a step-by-step -step thick book on video editing. But it came with the DVD of practice files. So it gave you the finished yeah. file. It gave you the finished file. And then it gave you all of the original footage. And it just showed you how to do all the, you know, jump cuts, J cuts. And it just showed you how to do kind of all yeah. the basic stuff. And after I created that one video, it was basically like a family film of like Christmas Day opening presents. It was like a, I'm not even sure where they got the footage from, but. Um, but after I did that one, that basically gave me the framework for doing everything else. And so I thought, what a neat thing to do yeah. now, but you know, it's kind of a cloud download. It's just like, Hey, download this entire assets folder and then watch me do this step-by-step. Step. And then now you can kind of do anything from there, you know? Yeah, exactly. I think having downloadable assets is, is huge. It's a, you, you learn by doing right. Mm -hmm. It's almost like if you wanted to like get into woodworking, you went to like a woodworking in-person course and it was like, hey, here's how you make, you know, a simple box. And from that box, you can kind of make every other kind of furniture piece, you know, from that. Um, that's yeah. kind of how I, you know, think of this sort of like online course for introduction. Because there's so many like, because there's, there's, there are so many 
fragmented ways to learn how to edit video, but it's different styles. It's different, you know, some are mm -hmm. like, you know, to do one thing, it's like 30 minutes long. And it's like, I, I, I really just needed five minutes, like five minutes could have come. Yeah. <laughs> um, For sure. Because you know, people are just getting super dramatic into just all the things that you're supposed to do in a video. Um, but, um, but yeah, I, I just, I think that would be a, I think that'd be a great idea, but I'm excited to see, uh, the course that will come out hopefully this fall anyways, and just kind of check that out. Um, so I, I'm just being aware of time here. So I, I want to just be cognizant of it. Um, it, actually, I just wanted to actually touch on the, the, the time here, because you mentioned you were coming off of a podcast interview before this, and you got one right after this. Is this a yeah. normal day in the life or week in the life where you do a lot of these interviews, or is it just so happened to be today? <laughs> it just so I usually when I do them, it's usually like once a month, I'll schedule like all the podcast around the same time, but definitely it's not every day. Okay. Otherwise I wouldn't get anything done. Um, but yeah, like I'll try to schedule. I think it makes sense, you know, just to do it all at one go and then it's done and then look forward to the new opportunities. But yeah, I don't do them too often. Um, I'll just do them now probably because of Corona and less human to human interaction. So just sure. talking with other people right. is nice. <laughs> You're like, Oh, there's a person alive. It's not just on the news, you know? Yeah. Like there's a real, you know, conversation. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, cause when you had told me that you had one right after, I was like, okay, I'm like, that's just kind of coincidence. But then you had said, oh, by the way, I'm coming off another one. I'm like, oh, I'm like, this, this lady is just like, <laughs> watch out yeah. every day, every day, a press day for gal. Yeah. No, that would be insane. So, um, so what can you tell, um, what, adv what advice do you have to people that, um, not think about a YouTube channel, but just thinking about, we touched on the video editing, but. Let's say someone's just like, you know, they're like your typical, like, I take videos of my kid, you know, they're always kind of holding it like this, which, by the way, I do a lot of vertical videos, so I don't think it's a problem, but that's that's typical, right? Um, yeah. But someone that's really just, you know, like they own, I don't know why I always go to a cupcake shop, but, you know, but they own like a cupcake shop, and they're like, I'm pretty good at taking photos, but now I just want to make some, like some fun videos, like like what's a starter thing, right? Whether it's like equipment or just like whatever, like what would you do like to have them make one video this uh, week? I know it's a loaded question. I, yeah. I think like start small, you know, like maybe do a, a tasty style ingredient video where it's like kind of an overhead shot of like the bowl and the ingredients. So, you know, everything, mm -hmm. Because you know your recipes, obviously, you're probably a pro at that. So now it's just thinking about watching videos that are out there and what they did to create that and kind of copying that kind of style so you can kind of understand and put it together the best you can. Um, you're almost like deconstructing what they're doing. Exactly. So it'd be good to watch other videos that have been done and then you start to build on them too because you come up with your own creative ideas. So I'd probably have them do an ingredient video um, or like a stop motion of like a cupcake with like sprinkles moving around the cupcake and it's kind of like a moving gif mm. like happy national cupcake day and like prep content for all the national cupcake days or mm. food days <laughs> and then they could post that because I think for food like I'm more 
interested in seeing like fun visual like quick things mm -hmm. than like a whole video right. so think smaller think more edible bite more size. snackable bite size bite size <laughs> videos exactly and maybe that could be their their weekly bite size video at mm. cupcakery.com <laughs> yeah. um so I don't know. Think small to start small. Like don't try to be too overly ambitious with your first video. Cause then you'll be disappointed. Um, just try to stick, stay small. You know, it's, uh, I, I just thought of this cause I was watching yesterday. Um, when you think of like production, you know, cause I think a lot of, I think that's also another big hurdle, at least just what I see, wh like what I hear from people is the assumed production value that's needed. Um, and I think production value is a perception that comes in many forms, but I was just watching um, this live episode of Gordon Ramsay's Cooking at Home for, uh, it was like a 10-minute steak and potatoes. So he has a YouTube channel where basically every week he shows you how to make a recipe. And I think they're fantastic. He breaks it down for like the most novice of people to make these great meals and stuff. Um, but right now his, his production team isn't filming at his house. And so he had his daughter hold up a phone, but... Just, I mean, I, 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 obviously you're somewhat familiar with Gordon Ramsay, I imagine, but, you know, just kind of his antics and just his, like, very aggressive kind of personality. But he kept yelling at his daughter the whole time to pan the phone, but he's, like, holding a pan, so he's like, pan down, pan down. And she's thinking it was, like, for him to put the pan down. She's like, no, no, no. He's like, pan the phone <laughs> down, pan the phone right, and... So just like, oh my god! So it was just one camera angle, one take. It was live, but I, I it was such a fantastic video because it was his personality coming through, and I, and that just also happens to be a, a food kind of, you know, video. So I think it's just also a matter of the that personality thing, right? So I mean, maybe he's probably more comfortable when he's talking to someone else because he likes, you know, he likes, you know, having an audience. Um, you know, whereas if he did yeah. it by himself and put a phone on a tripod, he's probably not as animated. I'm just guessing. Um, yeah. So I think, you know, as far as production value and stuff goes, it, it, it was just her and her iPhone or his iPhone just kind of holding it up. And then that was it. You know, that there was no like <laughs> special crazy lights or microphones or whatever. Um, that was kind of it. So. Yeah, sometimes it, I mean, I, I haven't seen it to see how it is. I know all the lip those are doing that too, where they're doing more at-home stuff. And sometimes it is the content over the quality if it is entertaining. And I think people have less expectations now too for yes. those things. But But there are ways to make it look good too, just by putting a little bit more extra effort into it. Um, so like you'd be surprised what you can do just with an iPhone, a lavalier, maybe a small little portable gimbal that you can get for like 50 bucks or even less right. than that. in like one small light, you can r drastically improve it. So mm. I don't think you should say, Oh, well I can't afford big equipment. So it's not even worth it. No, first of all, you need to have an interesting story to tell. Mm -hmm. Then think about upgrading your equipment. So I guess that's kind of like a key message too. you know, don't feel like you have to get the latest thing to, be the top like yeah you can make do with like a canon what is it t3i from like that's 2010 and it's still fine <laughs> i actually have one in the back there it's actually one of my uh let me see if i go you might be able to yeah right, right yeah. there next to my lego man um yeah yeah that's uh that was actually my first 
that was actually where I filmed the stop motion uh, animation on like yeah, five years ago. Exactly. And so I only upgraded to a, a full frame DSLR a couple of years ago. But uh, yeah, so it's just kind of funny. Think of like, I tell people production value doesn't matter, but it's it's like I, I've made a couple of videos where I've kind of like thrown away all of my quote unquote fancy stuff. And I basically just use like a one LED panel light with my phone on a tripod or propped up against a desk. I've done a few of those and those have worked out fine just to kind of prove you know, you could do it without, but inevitably, like even right now, like I have two lights and a microphone, you have a USB microphone. I'm, it, it kind of yeah. looks like you have some sort of, you know, LED light, you know, shining on you. I imagine that's not just your interior lights. Um, or maybe yeah, I just have an, I have a, I actually have a soft box right yeah. above me. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you definitely, obviously you have some sort of but you have it though it's not like you had to go out and get it for yeah. you know, I think I think a key thing a key like recommendation I have just for people starting out too is like what I like to do is I like to actually constrain myself and make limitations I feel like my creativity thrives under limits hmm. so creativity under limits is actually better than if you have the world of resources because it's almost more pressure because then you're like oh I have access to all this stuff. Like, why am I not, why do I have creative block? Right. You know? And so by limiting yourself saying, I can only use this. I can only film at this time. I can only edit for this amount of time. It, it almost helps you get creative with what you have. Um, and then you can actually create something even more interesting or funny because you have limited resources. That is a great perspective. Yeah. Um, I'm, and I'm just writing down notes. That's why I'm looking down sometimes. Yeah, I I had done this uh, video last year where it was like National Hot Dog Day. I just like, it was like a, I just like I had just realized that morning that it was National Hot Dog Day. I didn't prepare any for it. I was like, all right, I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna get a hot dog, you know. And so I went and he grabbed a hot dog, and I basically made a live video of me doing a hot dog review, almost as kind of like a barstool sports pizza review. Um, and it was, it just, it just had all this crazy reception and just the dumbest, it's just the dumbest things that just, I, I swear, every time I do something that's just, what I think is just dumb and for fun, it's the thing that, my best viewed video on Instagram, best viewed, hands, hands down, by far has the widest reach. Um, I was playing around with the, um, you're, you're probably familiar with the multi-camera sequence in Premiere where you can take, yeah. So, um. So I played a Tina Turner song like four times, the same clip four times, and I shot and I danced to it from four different angles of my phone. And then I just used the multi-camera sequence to keep cutting different parts and switching the camera. And it just, it was one of those things I just did it for fun, like at the end of a Friday. And then it just became like the, the thing that like everybody responds to. But then you put work into like this five minute tutorial and it's like, no one seemed to care. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. Maybe you Whatever. just need to start doing that stuff more often. <laughs> I, I guess so. Yeah. Having more fun. Or just incorporate yeah. it into it, you know, perhaps. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Something like that. Yeah. But um, all right. So, yeah. So I want to be, uh, like I said, I want to be respectful of the time. Uh, you know, so, A, I should have, I meant to say this in the very beginning. Thank you so much for taking some time. I know this is kind of like an evening time for you where you're at in Europe right now. Um, so I mean, just super, super thankful for kind of coming on and agreeing to do this interview. I think this has brought a tremendous amount of value, um, and insight and some kind of great tips and dialogue here. 
Um, so people can find you. Um, I, I think easiest on YouTube is just type in Premier Gal. And um, yeah. on Instagram, it's Premier underscore Gal. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. Okay. Did, did someone already have the Premier Gal as a whole or you just like the underscore? Yeah. They, somebody already had it and oh. it was like a non-active account, but Instagram okay. doesn't work a way where you can like claim something, right. which is fine. Right, right, right. Well, I just, I know a lot of people actually do the underscore anyways. I'm not sure why. They just like, when they're creating an account, like they just put the underscores to make it like a space, which I don't think is right or wrong either. Um, yeah. Some people just like to do it that way, I guess, but um yeah all right yeah so and then what's um what's kind of like your upload schedule if people were anticipating you know is it like once a week i mean i just see it come up on my feed but is it like once a week or like yeah i try to do it once a week um sometimes uh tech some of the software companies are coming out with an up update or a hardware company or piece of equipment they postpone it a little bit so then it kind of adjust the schedule and maybe one week I won't post. Um, and that's fine. So another video is coming this week, probably in the next day or two. So keep an eye out. Awesome. All right. Well, Kelsey, uh, do, do, do people, by the way, do people just like refer to you like in the real world? Do people just sometimes call you gal or premier gal or do they usually just call you Kelsey? Um, just Kels, Kelsey, a lot of my close friends and, family and stuff but like yeah i guess most people just call me gal that contact me through my email through okay. my business got it okay i, I guess that that's what i was kind of getting yeah, i mean i imagine you know personal friends and family aren't you know kind of yeah hey your, premier gal how your, are your, you your... it's my father like uh <laughs> that's weird <laughs> that would be funny to like put like on some sort of like birthday card or something you know like a, a friend like i would do that as a joke like if if yeah. i was like related to someone that was you know, I, I would refer to them as their, you know, kind of like what I call stage name, I guess, or handle, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. But, um, I keep saying handle. I, I know it's like it's like a super old way of saying your username, but um, I think handle is also, I don't know, your Twitter handle. Like people say Twitter handle, I think, right? Yeah, it's, it's a common, common. thing. Yeah. It's yeah. Common. People tell me I'm old for saying handle. That's why I've got I've gotten that no. feedback. So it makes me feel old now. I'm now now. I mean, they say, they say user. They say more username now. I guess yeah. or yeah. Before yeah, when I was growing up, it was like AOL screen name. Screen. I can't remember. Yeah, it was a screen name. But yeah. it, and you had to type in a keyword. Yeah. It, it was it was you know keyword Premier Gal in AOL. <laughs> That's what <it> <laughs> back in the day anyway but anyway thank so, you hey, so much for having me yes thank you thank you very much so i'm gonna let you go because i know you got another uh interview to do so um i'll just uh we'll just jump off here and then i'll let everyone know of next yeah. week's guest after okay all right take Great. care thank you so much bye nope yep there we go Okay, so uh, so thank you again to Kelsey uh, from the Gal Media Team and Premier Gal YouTube channel. Uh, thank you very much for coming on. I uh, know this fit into your busy schedule. Uh, so I have a guest for next week, but not confirmed. So I will just announce it when the time comes. Um, but if you want to check out um, the uh, pre or the replay of this, 
or you want to listen to the audio only version of this, just make sure to head to themorningimpact.com. So that's themorningimpact.com. And you can see all of the replay episodes there, or you can listen to them and subscribe on your favorite podcast player. But otherwise, we're out. See you later.